0: Welcome, friend. I am so glad that you are here for episode 101 of the Love Your People Well podcast. We are talking today about some really practical, um, straightforward strategies that will help you connect with your kids. Now, specifically, we're considering... What does it look like when you have more than one kiddo in your family? Maybe you have two, maybe you have five, maybe you have nine. I mean, in the Christian world, we we can we can get a few kids going. But the more kids you have, typically, the more difficult it is to really build an individual, unique relationship with each of your children. It's definitely possible. And it's definitely important. And so today we are gonna take a look at eight strategies that can help us connect with our kids and build those relationships, no matter how many kids the Lord blesses us with. Now, yes, these are ideas that are also gonna be helpful if you only have one sweet little kiddo. (laughs) And these are ideas that are going to be helpful whether your kids are two, 12, 22, like whatever age they are, And most likely they are a variety of ages. If you have more than one everywhere through their entire lifespan, really, these ideas are going to be helpful and practical and I think realistic. I can say they are realistic for me and I have triplets plus another one. (laughs) And so, um... I have a lot of experience and a lot of thoughts about how to juggle all of those relationships and make sure everyone's needs are being met. So I am really excited to jump into this conversation today. Let's dive right in Well, friends, I am really excited about this conversation because I am passionate about family relationships, and you've probably picked up on that if you've listened to any earlier episodes of the podcast. Um, But I really do believe that God creates us for relationships, and yes, the primary relationship is the one that we have with him, but beyond that, it really boils down to our family life. If our family relationships are weak and stressful and filled with anxiety, that's going to impact every moment of our lives. But if those relationships are strong, are healthy, are happy and secure and, and pointing to the Lord, we can have such incredible peace and happiness and, and security in this world. And so I don't know where you're coming from with your family relationships, if they are amazing or if they are a struggle, but I do know that even with our best efforts, (laughs) even with the Lord at the center of everything we're doing as Christian moms, it can be really challenging to build the relationships that we want to build with our family, especially as the Lord brings more and more people (laughs) into that family. And I'm really thankful that as a triplet mom, you know, before we even had triplets, before we had our kiddos, the Lord was really preparing me and my husband to manage the chaos. And yes, it is chaos that is raising triplets. I mean, the newborn years are blur and now they're in the toddler years. They're probably even harder. It's only going to go on from here. And so I'm really thankful that he gave me the knowledge and experience that I have as a family therapist and watching how other families struggle through really big issues, and my husband's experience as a pastor and growing up in a Christian family and just all these different things that we both bring to the table, which truly are simply the grace of God. He knew what was coming and he was preparing us. And so I'm just excited to talk a little bit about the unique challenges, but also maybe more specifically, the unique opportunities that we have in a larger family, whether that's, you know, two kids, five kids or beyond, whatever you're at, the more people we have, the more dynamics that are happening in the home. There's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of awesomeness there. That's actually why I became a family therapist, because those dynamics are so interesting and so exciting. But it's challenging. There's more dynamics. There's more going on. There's more personalities. There's more different relationships. You know, sibling one with sibling two is different than sibling one with sibling four. And then you've got a relationship with each of them. I mean, there's just a lot going on. And I love that. I love that. And I think the Lord brings us into those families for a reason. So... I'm excited to jump into our conversation today about specific strategies that will help us love each of those different people, each of our kiddos, build those relationships, and deepen our family life as a whole as we connect with each other individually. So before we jump into these eight strategies, um, I will remind you of my disclaimer that I am, as I said, a family therapist, Um, actually a licensed counselor and a licensed marriage and family therapist here in South Carolina. But this podcast is not therapy. This is not professional advice. There's always a link in the episode description Um, to some earlier episodes with some helpful resources and thoughts about mental health and counseling um, and all of that. So you can always connect with some more resources there. And let me point out a few additional resources that we have for you if these relationships with your kids is a top priority for you in this season of life. Now, hopefully it's always a top priority, but there are different seasons where it might feel like more of a struggle or we need more help or more support. So I will point out we have a brand new free resource, the 100 Ways to Love Your People Well. Um, You can grab that anytime at the website. I'll put a link right here again in the episode description, but you can always head to the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash free. Um, I believe I put this one right at the top because it's new, but there's actually a few different free resources there. And then, of course, we do have some episodes already that tackle the individual relationships that we want to have with our kids. So I have a few resources, or sorry, episodes, that I would recommend for you about these relationships. So way back when, in episode 48, Our topic was, want more quality time with your kids? Here are my five secret weapons to finding those great bonding moments. Then in episode 71, uh, wasn't specifically about our kids, but about um, relationships overall. Want great relationships? These are the three keys to healthy communication in every interaction. Episode 82... Uh, was about how to enjoy a family vacation without sibling rivalry, family conflict, or a frustrated mama. So uh, if you're listening to this in real time and we're heading toward the holidays, they're coming fast, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, you could probably apply all those same principles to a family holiday gathering as a family vacation. That was episode 82. And then finally, I would point out episode 93, Parenting Tips for the Busy Mom, Three Ways to Love Your Kids Well in the Craziness of Christian Family Life. And that one is actually from our Foundational Pillars 101. We had um, a whole series in, I think it was the month of August, uh, with three practical tips for each of our pillars of the podcast. Three tips for loving God, loving yourself, loving your husband, loving your kids. Um, So all of those are probably helpful. But if we specifically think about those relationships with our kids... Um, episode 93 is another helpful one there. So, um, you can scroll back through in your app and find those. And I will put the link to each of these earlier episodes in the show notes for today, which you can find at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash one zero one because this is episode one Oh one. Oh, good stuff, my friends. Okay. So this is a topic we will circle back to many, many, many times because these relationships are critical But right now let's dive into these eight strategies for balancing all the relationships, all of those little kiddos, either running around at your feet or putting their feet up on your couch or slamming the door or whatever they're doing. How do you build those relationships? And I will note for you that these are not in any particular order. (laughs) So our first strategy, For making sure we are connecting with each child as an individual, a unique one-on-one relationship is to figure out a way to keep track for yourself of what you know to be true about each of your children okay so undoubtedly you know in conversation with someone you could spell out the differences between your daughter and your son and your toddler and all the different kids you could highlight you know they really love this type of activity or you know this is their personality these are their strengths you probably can say these are their struggles you know one might really be struggling with kindness to their siblings while another is very kind, but maybe struggles because they're a little bit of a pushover and uh, they're not standing up for themselves. They're not speaking up for themselves, advocating for themselves. You probably already know some of those unique elements for each of your children. How are they different? But are you actually keeping track of that in a way where you can use that information even in the middle of a really busy, maybe even really stressful day. So that might be um, having regular conversations with your husband, um, just to kind of catch up with each other. Hey, we're really noticing this about each of our kids. We're really noticing we want to work on X issue for each of our kids. Um, That might be keeping track in a journal, just journaling for yourself to make a note about, um, this is true about this kid. This is true about that kid. You know this is the love language for each of my children. These are the different talents that I really want to invest in and encourage in each of my children. So you might have this as conversation. You might keep track of it with journaling. Um, you might even keep track of it in your daily planner. Like whatever that is, maybe that's reminders that pop up on your phone. Don't forget, compliment each kid today about whatever issue. Um, It might be prompts that you put for yourself in your written planner to address something with an individual child or follow up on something with an individual child. Whatever method it is that's going to work for you, it can be really helpful to not only notice these individual qualities for each of your children, but to figure out a way to keep track of that so that in the heat of the moment, you're not... Lumping them all together (laughs) and this often comes up when we think about a few different areas of parenting Um, As a counselor, I definitely see this pop up with how parents discipline their kids That some families have just their their routines for discipline Um, If you do X issue X, you know misbehavior or rule-breaking, then you're gonna get Z consequence And they don't really individualize that to each child and so that can be a way where you know one of your kids really might care less if you take away screen time like that's not their thing they don't care about screens they're happy to have them but they don't really care if you take them away but for your other child that might be the end of the world and so that might be a consequence that is really impactful for them so this definitely pops up with discipline But this also really pops up when parents are trying to encourage and connect with their child. That again, you know, we've talked recently on the podcast about love languages and how powerful it is to show love in the way that the other person receives it best Um, And this really can happen so easily when we have multiple kids that we figure out, okay, um, for the most part, they all really enjoy, let's just say, um, they all like gifts. You know, if I come home from the grocery store with cookies, everybody is happy. And that's probably true, but you may notice that actually for two of your kids... That is really powerful when you buy something for them, you think of them when they're not there and you get you know their favorite little goodies or whatever it is, that that really is meaningful to them. It hits home for them. They feel loved in the most powerful way. But for another one of your kiddos, they're perfectly happy to eat the cookies. They enjoy that. They're happy that you bought them, but that's not really connecting with their heart. Um, that might be a kiddo where they really are more focused on words of affirmation. And so they might eat cookies all day long because you got them and still be feeling left out or isolated because they haven't heard those verbal affirmations recently that, that verbalized, I love you, you're so important to me, you're so great at blah, 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 blah. So knowing your kids as individuals And keeping track of those individual qualities is not only going to help you in those harder moments where there might be discipline necessary or something like that, you're trying to help them with a struggle area, but also will help you connect with them in the positive moments, in those showing love, having quality time, having those connection opportunities, and really making the most of it because you can individualize it to that child and a few of the other strategies that we're about to talk about are going to build from this one. Okay, so I said these eight are not in any particular order. um, And that's mostly true. But I do think uh, we have to start here, we have to know our kids as individuals, if we are ever going to build an individual relationship with each one of them. Okay, so strategy number two is throughout the day. So whether you're at home or on the run, wherever you are, whatever's going on, when you see each of your children, which, you know, might be all day long, if you're homeschooling them, it might be a quick hello in the morning and a quick hello in the evening if they're older and a bit more independent and they're out of the house most of the day. But when you have that opportunity, when you see and connect with your child, make a point to offer specific positive feedback to that child. That might be compliments that are specific to them. That might be catching them doing something really well, following the rules or helping a sibling or whatever it is, catching them doing it and verbalizing that to them, <laughs> telling them, hey, I noticed that you did this. or Thank you very much. Um, that's really important and meaningful. And I'm so proud of you. The more that you can verbalize that one-on-one little moment for each child, the more you're building up that relationship with them as an individual. So again, that might be compliments. You know, some of your kids probably have like the greatest hair in the world. (laughs) It's curly and it's adorable and whatever. And other kids, you're like, oh my gosh, you have bedhead every morning. Like you can compliment all sorts of things. That's obviously just a physical appearance kind of thing. Um, You know, when you think about your daughters, that might really jump out to you. But whatever it is for each kid, you might be complimenting them on fruits of the spirit that you see the Lord cultivating in them and growing in them. That might be um, activities or talents that you see them working on or being really talented at. Whatever it is, point it out when you notice it and when you have that quick one-on-one moment with each child. And one of the best things about this strategy is that it is so quick. You don't have to add anything into your day. You're not adding a task. Um, it's really just about being mindful of when do I have an opportunity to do this and then being intentional to verbalize it, to not just think the thought, but say it out loud to that child. Bonus points if you can get eye contact, uh, double bonus points if you can maybe give them a hug or something like that. But really, wherever it fits in in your normal day, point out those positive pieces of feedback for each kiddo. Okay, strategy number three um, is to set up a routine where each child can join you in the various tasks of the day. So all that normal stuff that you have to do, maybe it's folding laundry, washing dishes, uh, making muffins, whatever it is, these things you're going to do on a regular basis, set up some sort of normal System or routine in your family where the different children can join you with different tasks and get that one on one time. Um, Even if they're just observing and you're chatting, you know, you're washing the dishes while they're sitting at the table and you're having a conversation, this is probably going to depend on their age. This is going to depend on whatever chore system you might have for your household. I'm not saying they necessarily have to do the things with you, but this can be a great way to get again, to get that one-on-one time. Now, this might be something where you know, like, hey, I have a kid who loves cooking, and so, you know, Mondays and Thursdays, they're gonna cook dinner with me. Now, yeah, as they get older, you're gonna say, what a benefit it would be they can cook dinner for me, they can take this task off of my plate, and there's certainly times when that is appropriate and helpful, especially in larger families, But we're talking right now about opportunities to connect with your kids. And so, you know, have that kiddo join you to cook dinner together. Have another kiddo join you to fold laundry together. Um, If you have a dog and you have to take them for a walk, what a great opportunity, at least once a day, maybe multiple times a day to say, hey, we're going to take Rover out for a walk. And you just kind of go down the list. Today it's kid number one, tomorrow it's kid number two, next day kid number three, And maybe, especially as your kids get older, this might be you joining them in whatever task or chore might be, might they be responsible for, okay? If you have a kiddo where, or maybe you have a system, I should say, where every night a different kid is going to clean up after dinner, clear off the table, wash the dishes, wipe down the table, get the dishwasher running. That can be their chore. You could be the one sitting at the table chatting with them. (laughs) Or um, really actually a routine that my husband's family had when he was a kid and he was growing up is that every once in a while, his dad would do the chore for them if they would stand there and actually I think it was they had to practice whatever instrument they had, the trumpet or the saxophone. They're all great musicians, maybe because their dad was saying, hey, I'll wash the dishes if you stand here and tell me about the piece that you're learning and practice it. Um, But he took a chore off of their plate so that he could get that quality time with that individual kiddo. So whatever this looks like with your house, your routines, Try to find ways where each child can get that one-on-one time by joining you in whatever tasks you're already going to be doing. Strategy number four um, is to, uh, you know, again, this really circles back to knowing each of your children and what's going to be most meaningful for them, but be purposeful about getting a one-on-one heart connection every day with each of your children. And I say heart connection because you're probably talking with each of your kids every day, hopefully. Uh, You might even be having long conversations. If you're homeschooling, you're having lots of conversations every day. But a heart connection, it might be short, it might be long, it might be verbal, it might simply be physical, might be a long hug or something like that. But get that connection moment with each child this is where it's going to be really helpful to know what they would consider a heart connection. Are they a physical touch person where a hug or a back massage or, you know, French braiding their hair, something like that might be really meaningful to them? Or are they a kid that wants that quality time where, you know, at some point at the end of the day, we're going to sit down and take five minutes. Maybe we make a cup of tea or something like that and talk about like the real stuff that happened at school today, not just the, oh, it was fine kind of answer, but asking them specific questions about a quiz that they had or a conversation with a friend or whatever it is. You know your kids, but be intentional to get that one-on-one heart connection every day with each child. That can feel really overwhelming when you've got a house full of people and your to-do list is five miles long and life is just overwhelming, maybe even stressful, but this doesn't have to take a ton of time. And really, if you sat down and thought about everything that you think is most important in your day, I would hope that a connection with each of your children, making them feel loved every day, Building your relationship with them every day, I would hope that is more important than all that other junk on the to do list. Sure, you need clean underwear. You got to do the laundry. Um, But you know what? You could wear dirty underwear for a day if that was the difference maker of do I get to connect with my child today? And if life is falling apart to the point where you never have clean underwear, (laughs) you have to choose between one or the other all the time, then uh, maybe do a search for a podcast about like home management systems or something like that. There's a lot out there. I love those type of podcasts. But I'm saying, if you want that relationship with your kiddo, get that one-on-one heart connection every day, short or long, whatever it is, be intentional to get it. Strategy number five. This is a little similar to having that routine at home. They're going to join me in these various chores. Um, In maybe a similar way, invite one kid at a time to come along with you when you run errands. That might be to the grocery store, to Target, to the mall, to get the car washed, whatever it is, to get gas for the car. Just one by one, have one kiddo come along with you on those errands. Now, as they get older, especially, um, it might be really helpful to add in a special treat. Maybe you run through the ice cream store while you're out running errands, or um, they get to pick out what chips you buy this week or what cereal you buy this week, because they're the kiddo that came with you. It's really helpful to make this fun time together, but you have to run the errands anyway. And so that's a great opportunity to leave everybody else behind and bring just one kid with you. Now I know for a lot of moms, this is sacred me time. Like I run the errands by myself. I go to the grocery store by myself and there's benefits to that no one's bugging you to buy all the sugary cereal or whatever it is and you know you might be in a stage of life where that that is your me time and you need that <laughs> I would challenge you if that's the case to not think of that as your like this is my self-care time okay because it has to happen that's basic home maintenance is having food in the pantry and in the fridge Similar to how people sometimes will tell me that their self-care time is, oh, I took a shower today. And I get, I mean, I'm, I'm a new mom. I've got a newborn. I get that there are days where taking a shower may or may not happen. And I'm excited when it does. But that's not self-care, my friends. That's hygiene. That's basic hygiene. Now, a long, hot, luxurious shower with like a bath bomb that smells good and a special treatment for your hair or whatever. Okay, that's self-care <laughs> because it's above and beyond. I would say the same thing with your errands. If you're running to the grocery store just because we're totally out of milk and we absolutely have to get something on the table for dinner, that's not really a great me time, self-care, like refueling yourself time. That's just a basic, it has to get done for my family time. And so maybe you do have some trips out of the house where it's it's an errand, it's getting something done, but you do it in a fun way that refreshes you and you enjoy that alone time. That's totally fine. On those other trips out of the house, this might be a great opportunity to invite one kid at a time to come with you so that you can get that one-on-one time. Strategy number six, and this is linked with number seven, but they are a little bit different, so hear me out. Strategy number six is to have a big list of questions that you want to discuss with, your, with each of your children. And I mean a big picture list, right? Like before they're 18 and they move out, I want to make sure that we have talked about fill in the blank. I want to make sure that they can explain the gospel to me. I want to make sure that they um, feel comfortable saying no to a boss and being able to set boundaries for themselves in the workplace. I mean, this might be a really long list. And if your kid is three, You don't, you know, you can always update the list as life goes on. Your questions are going to be very different when they're three than when they're 13 or when they're, you know, heading off to college next week. Um, A three-year-old, you might have things like, we want to make sure that we are training our child and talking with our child about um, what happened on Easter Sunday. What happened? What's the resurrection? What does that mean? You know, the short version of the gospel or maybe we want to be discussing with our child what kindness really means. What does it look like? Why do we do it? Why does it matter? What happens if we're not kind? But having this like big picture list of questions ready to go is going to make it much more likely that you're gonna get that time to talk with each child because you'll already know when you have that opportunity for like a real conversation, or, or maybe you're just sitting in car line with your toddler, waiting to pick up your other kid from school. Like we've got time to talk about something. You don't just have to talk about random stuff. You can make those moments really meaningful because you've already planned in advance some topics or questions or things that you want to talk about, things that you believe are important. And so when the opportunity comes up, you can jump on it. You don't have to think in that moment, how do I fill this time in a meaningful way? And every kid is going to be at a different place with um, what questions you're talking about, how mature they are in this conversation, what, qu- what questions they might have for you. I mean, even your kids who are very close in age, they're going to be different on this. I mean, I have triplets. They are the exact same age. And I can already tell they're at different places. The conversations I have with my son are different than my daughter simply because of personality because of their you know, developmental places with all the different skills that you learn as you're growing up. And so every child is going to be different. And the more that you are ready with like, these are maybe the 20 things I want to talk about with each of my kids, you can tailor that to that individual kid and that unique opportunity that the Lord gives you. And if you find you're never having time for those questions and those conversations, plan some date nights with your kids, plan some intentional outings, take them out for ice cream or go on a walk, whatever it is. And again, be ready with the question or with the topic that you want to to talk about with them. And strategy seven is similar, but a little bit more um, simplified. I guess I would say that. And that is to have a few questions that you try to ask every child every day. So that's definitely going to be a shorter list. The more kids you have, the more uh, questions on this list, the more conversations you're having, and then you might be frustrated because they're not happening every day. So keep it simple, keep it straightforward, but it can be really helpful to have like every day we know we're going to ask these three questions to everyone That might be the kind of generic classic, hey, how was your day at school that you might ask your kid? Hopefully those could get more specific. Maybe every day, instead of just wanting to ask everybody, how was your day at school? You might be intentional to say, I want to ask every child every day about some activity or something specific that happened at school. So how did your test go at school today? How did that conversation with your friend go at school today? How did it go having detention after school? (laughs) Let's talk about that. This, again, is specializing that question to that child. It's the same basic question, how was school today? But if you can specialize it to that child, get specific about something they had going on today, well, number one, you're a lot more likely to get an actual answer, an actual conversation. But number two, that child is going to feel more individualized They're not going to feel like, oh, that's the same thing mom asks everybody every day. I don't really matter. They're going to know you are asking that question to them because nobody else in the room, nobody else in the house could answer that question or would that question be relevant for? They didn't have a test today or they didn't have a conversation with that specific person today, but this child did. And so when you can have those basic questions, but tailor them to each of your children, that can go a long way to building that one-on-one relationship. And then strategy number eight, which I think is the most important. So again, these are not in any particular order, but I do think what the, our capstones here, or not capstones, our bookends here, number one, number eight, they're central for everything else to go well. Strategy number eight is to pray for your kids by name every day. And I mean in two ways pray for them by name in your personal devotional time and out loud with them both are super important and i i personally i often overlook the power of like my personal prayer time praying for my kids by name um frankly i rush over that sometimes just because i feel short on time and so it's you know I'll pray for my kids Lord, you know, bless my children in this way. Lord, bring my children to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Now, those are good prayers. I'm not saying I shouldn't be praying for that, but it is more powerful just for my own personal emotional connection with each child. They're not in the room. They don't know what I'm saying to the Lord. Um, And he knows who my children are when I pray in that more general way. But to be able to say their names and pray for them specifically, even if it's the exact same prayer that I'm saying four times for my four different children, that's it's just a little bit different. It's a little bit more personal, more powerful, more emotional, and it gets me thinking about them as individuals. And usually it's not going to be the same basic prayer for all four kids because as I'm thinking about them as an individual, their individual needs are gonna pop into my mind. And so I can pray more specifically when I'm actually using their name during my prayer time. But also praying for your kids by name out loud with them is so connecting with them. When you're praying at dinner or before bed or in the car or wherever it is, when you're praying and you're naming that child, they're gonna pay attention in a different way. And they're going to feel important. And that goes a long way, my friend, in building a relationship. When they feel singled out in a positive way and they feel important and they feel cared about as an individual person, you are building a connection right then and right there. And so all eight of these strategies are going to help you do that. But prayer is a particular, particularly unique and intimate and powerful way to do that. So let me recap these eight strategies for us. Number one, find a way to keep track of the individual qualities about each child. Number two, throughout the day, your normal day, point out specific positive feedback to each child. Number three, set up a routine where each child can join you in whatever tasks you might have for the day. Number four, get a one-on-one heart connection every day with each child. Number five, invite one kid at a time to come along on errands with you. Number six, have a big picture list of questions, important things that you want to discuss with each child. Have that ready to go. Number seven, have those kind of Everyday questions ready to go, but specify them to each individual child. And number eight, pray for your kids by name. Friends, I'm not gonna say these are the only eight things that will help you when you have multiple children, Um, but I don't want us to get complacent, to think the house is too full or life is too busy. Of course, they know I love them because we spend all this family time together. That's a good thing to get family time, but it's also really important to approach each child as an individual. So this might take some planning. I mean, let's be honest, this might take some intentionality from you in um, planning out your day, planning out your week. This might take some intentionality in your marriage. I mean, there might be days where your husband can get more of this one-on-one check-in time or connection time because you're busy with blah, 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 X, Y, Z, all the stuff. And then other days, you are the one getting that connection time. And there might be days where none of this happens at all. That's all normal. This is big picture in the scheme of your family life. Getting these moments with each child is really what it comes down to. And it's super important. So, don't get hung up on did it happen today or did it not, but also don't let it just fall by the wayside where you're kind of assuming that it's happening. Because if you're not intentional about it and you have a larger family and there is a lot going on, you might be surprised at how many days go by where you're not doing any of these one on one connection things with each of your kids. We will be back on Friday. With our Friday faith follow-up episode as usual. And so I do hope that you will circle back and join us there so we can continue diving into this topic about family dynamics and multiple children. We're going to be looking at some scriptures about the family and family dynamics and how do we learn from specifically God's word in scripture about building these relationships But until then, don't try to just pile on all these strategies. Pick one that jumped out to you and try it out. If you're listening to this in real time, it's Tuesday. So that gives you Wednesday and Thursday to practice some of these strategies. And then join us back on Friday for a little bit more encouragement, specifically from God's word. So we will be back then. And until then, my friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.